Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Best Scott B. It's season three, it's episode nine, it's Luke Hatfield and it is Liam Keenan, man, who's now too big time to go to the Banks' stadium. He sends, <laughs> he sends, he sends his secretary, his secretary? Yeah, yeah, I send the uh, little Massey then I just to, just to cover for it. It's too cold. Oh, he won't like that, mate. Little Massey, <laughs> you will not enjoy that. <laughs> it was, you know, it was a bit cold yesterday. I didn't fancy it. I thought, yeah, let's just send, just send Massey. He, I was thought, you know, he needs to see a win, doesn't he? The, the bag is trying to get a win to save the blood. So, and they still oh, yeah, didn't get one. Yeah. Bless him. Still didn't get one, yeah. No, uh, unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, a, a hospital appointment. As I said on Twitter, nothing serious, but unfortunately, it's... Uh, it stopped me from going. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. While I was sat yesterday afternoon in the warm, I, I wasn't regretting it too much. <laughs> it was quite nice. <laughs> I mean, it was so cold, and we'll get on to this, that the referee just decided to sack off out of time. <laughs> Can't, I, I, don't, I don't even blame him. I've had a go at referees on here the last few weeks, but <laughs> crack on. The, the, <laughs> the, way, the way the weather was, Jesus. And I'm sure Massey appreciate that. I mean, them, them extra added minutes going. So that's that's extra minutes home when you get back. Um, yeah, exactly. Firstly, mate, you all right? You okay? I'm all good. Don't worry about me, people. I'm here. It's not COVID-related. I'm uh, I'm fighting fit. It's a, a, a small issue with one of my eyes. It's not even a, a major thing. I just got referred by the GP, so... That explains all, all those dodgy match reports and player ratings. <laughs> oh, I knew it. Derek said the same thing to me the other the other day, and I said, "I don't know what you mean, match report. We, we haven't played a game in about two and a half weeks." <laughs> True. Um, no, it's uh, I'm, all, I'm all good. Um, I I'm back on the game on Saturday. Um, I've got no reason not to be at any game for the next few weeks, unless obviously, God forbid, any COVID issues pop up. Um, but and weather permitting, mate. And weather permitting, yeah. Uh, however, with this uh, hospital appointment, I may be returning in the coming weeks, but uh, I don't as of as of right now, I don't know for certain. So, just a, a pre warning that little Massey may have to take over again. Oh, I can't believe you've said that again, mate. He won't be happy about that. Uh, it would have not would have been nice to him to 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 see his roots where he grew up. On that um, exactly. We'll quickly touch on the games that we didn't, and it was. It was, it's been a long time since we've done a podcast, but there's only two games, which says a lot about the fixture schedule and, and what's been happening weather-wise. The first one, I mean, it seems forever ago, Port Vale 1, Walsall 3. It's a result you kind of expect from Walsall now when they when they take on Port Vale, because for some reason, they're just they're just Vale's bogey team, aren't they? Oh, yeah, the, the recent results under Darrell, um, and even before that, to be fair, were um, very good against Vale. Um, I think a couple of years ago, there was two... Two back-to-back five-nil wins at, uh, away at Port Vale mm. uh, before my time as well. So yeah, they 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 quite like it there, uh, Walsall. But um, yeah, it was a it was it was a tough game because it was the pitch was as 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 is going to be a running theme through quite a few of uh, the matches we're going to talk about. Um, the pitch was pretty poor, and even though it it, it seemed like so long ago, I suppose it was really. But I remember. I say I remember it's only about two and a half weeks ago. But I remember sitting there and it was the coldest game I've been to this season. Obviously, I didn't do last night, but um, I mean, it was absolutely freezing. It was horrible. Um, but I got warmed up a little bit with a couple of uh, large out of bio strikes. Um, it's a shame we're not going to be talking about that anytime soon. But um, yeah, he. Uh, 
it was right it was right smack bang in the middle of this stuff kicking off with with hearts hearts wanted him had made inquiries spoke to the player a bit of back and forth in the public domain between the managers of both clubs as well. Um, it all got a little bit unsavoury. Um, yeah, yeah, Warsaw weren't happy about it, were they? Warsaw weren't happy about uh, morally the way it had, it had been, I suppose, the way they conducted themselves at Hearts. They wanted, just because uh, Robbie Nielsen, the manager at Hearts, came out afterwards and said basically that Daryl and Warsaw didn't know the rules and that we are allowed to speak to a larger, but... That wasn't necessarily the case. It was that Warsaw wanted them Hearts to speak to them first, regardless of what the rules were, as a sort of goodwill gesture kind of thing. Um, yeah, it's one so, of them, isn't it? You, you you do kind of expect that. You do kind of just say, like, look, I mean, by the by the letter of the law, yes, you can approach a player because you're not in the same country and their their contracts running down. But just give the manager or the, or the chairman a quick bell. Say, look, we're we're going to talk to Elijah. We we like him. Mm, yeah, it's not the hardest I, thing. In the, it's in not. The no, and they're they're going to find out anyway, aren't they? So I mean, it's uh, yeah, it makes sense. Um, so it all got a little bit unsavoury, but um, I mean, fortunately, in one sense, uh, Hearts eventually moved on. But um, so that was all going on around that time, um, and nothing but credit to Elijah in that after, or sorry, during that, all kicking off, he went about his business in the right way, um, went out there, scored two goals, played very well. Fingers in the ears. Fingers in the ears, I, both times as well. I love that we oh, we got some two brilliant pictures of that. Tim Sturges, our photographer, got two really good pictures of that. Mm. Um, they, they were brilliant. Uh, it's a shame I never got to speak to Elijah about it because understandably the club never put him up for an interview after the game. Uh, <laughs> I'd, have been, I'd, have been, I'd have been surprised if they had done. Um, and then Daryl didn't come out after the game. Um, yeah, I think uh, I, I mean I've, I've not asked him because it's it's not, it's not really a it's not really an issue. Um, but I suspect it's because of that situation and that he'd obviously had a bit of a go at, at Hearts the previous day in the press conference with me and uh, and Radio WM. But um, so I mean I asked I asked Brian Dunn about it. Is that a message? Is that any, some, something along those lines? And he said. Oh, he was very diplomatic about it, Brian. He just—I I don't really know. He, he, maybe he's done that before that celebration. And I was thinking, I'm not sure he has, but I—I <laughs> uh, fair play to you for brushing it off very easily. Um, but yeah, it was—it was very interesting, and it, it sort of felt at that point that you know perhaps they might keep hold of him. Um, and obviously, we all know what happened in the end. But um, yeah, fair play to him because it was a very, very professional way of going about his business at a time when it would have been a lot easier to. To either not play, not want to play, down tools, however you want to say it. Um, but it was a it was a strange game as well. Not only was it around Elijah and the whole situation with him, but there was goalkeeping errors left, right, and centre. It was it was very mm. strange. So obviously Liam Roberts has has chucked one into his net. I mean, I, I originally tweeted twenty five yards because it was difficult to see where I was, and I got a replay and a few people tweeting me, asking me what I'm on about, and it was about thirty five to forty yards out the free kick. Yeah. Um, and he, Tom Conlon has uh, hit it dead centre and just got just gone through. Robert, it was a very strange one. Yeah, I saw I saw it, and if you're a goalkeeper, unless it's like a proper, I mean, Roberto Carlos style free kick where it's swerving all over the shop and it comes in off the post or something like that, 
you can't be getting beat from that range. I mean, I'm all I'm all for you know keepers make mistakes and you know at the end of the day, it's League Two football. You're not going to have the top level keepers. You're going to get in the Premier League and the Championship. But I mean, I'd, I'd be disappointed if I conceded from that range if I was playing Sunday League. To be honest, it's not great. No, and it's the second time in this season that he that Roberts has done something similar. He did it away at Newport and Warsaw one 0 up and against Newport top of the league at the time and also mm. should have won that game really and, and they dropped two points um, and, and it was very similar just sort of went through him uh, from about 30 odd yards so um, very disappointing because I he gets a lot of stickling Roberts um, I think he's I think he's a better goalkeeper than what the credit he gets at times mm. um, I think the confidence affects him when you get I, when you I'll get just, when you get that yeah it's I was just about to say that exactly that. I think it's a confidence thing with him. Um, I think he... I don't know him too well, personally. I mean, I've, I've interviewed him a handful of times and I get on very well with him and, and things like that, but I've not really had too many sort of in-depth chats with him. But I, I get the feeling that... I get the feeling that he, that he sort of takes things quite personally, sort of head, head can drop, um, which he's only human. I mean, everyone does that. Yeah different walks of life except I can understand it um, it's, it's football's a pressure industry it's difficult to, to to take those things to heart you have to try and brush them off um, and interesting Brian Dutton after that game saying that comparing the two incidents the Newport one and the Port Vera one that at Newport they felt that before they got the team in at half time that in that gap between him conceding the goal and half time that Liam just sort of his head dropped and he could tell that he, he he wasn't handled in the situation very well. Whereas yeah. in this one in Port Vale, they felt that he sort of he, he dealt with it much better. And I, th- I think Brian used the the phrase sort of he, he stood up and took it like a man and, and sort of stood up and, and was counted a lot a lot better than what what he had done in previous. So if, if that's a, if that's an improvement, that's great. Um, but at the same time, you can't be making the mistakes, can you? So um, by all accounts, we'll come on to the Mansfield game. But by all accounts, he he, he saved Walsh a couple of times last night as well. So. There's yeah. a good goalkeeper. There's a good goalkeeper there. I think there's good competition between him and, and Rose. Um, so it's uh, it's just a difficult situation because Rose did nothing wrong when he was in. Um, he, he just injury forced him out of the team again. So it'll be mm. interesting to see when he gets back in uh, if he does. Um, but obviously in that Port Vale game as well, there was another major. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the right phrase that will make you not have to bleep anything out. <laughs> another, <laughs> ma- another major mistake. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this one, but David Fitzpatrick. At yeah, Bale's, the own goal. Yeah, just played a nice little back pass, and it was like um, Robinson, England, whatever, two thousand and whatever it was. When it just takes a little bobble, goes under his foot. Oh, it's rolls brutal, in. isn't it? It's brutal. It was the same same thing for for Brown. It just took a little bobble and just rolled right past him. Just just enough momentum on the ball to roll into the bottom corner. Um, and you got weird. the feeling it was exactly what Warsaw needed, didn't you? Because oh, that yeah. one got that one goal leads never enough, is it? No, no, no. Warsaw hundred um, percent. Uh, particularly with this team this season, the the games that they've been in have, have been very very tight. So you've had one nil wins, two one wins, one nil losses, etc. Um, a lot of draws as well. Um, Warsaw have had a patterns in their in their, in this season where they've taken one nil leads. How whether there's ten minutes or eighty minutes of the game left, uh, and they and they've sat back on it and they've sort of invited pressure and they've conceded late goals or they've conceded sort of midway through the second half or whatever it is and um, they were 2-1 up in this game and it, it felt like even though Port Vale weren't 
particularly performing because it was a difficult game with the surface and the conditions, the temperature and everything. Um, mm. It felt like one of those games where if, if Walsall hadn't got that third goal, they, they potentially could have conceded because they, they just sit further and further and further back. Even at 3-1 up, they yeah. were letting Port Vale whip crosses in, get the balls in behind. And it was, it was um, they invite the pressure on too much for my liking. So that that was a really big, uh, fortuitous, but really, really big goal because um, had they not got it, I'd, I'd have been worried, to be honest. Yeah, big goal and a big result and 30 points on the board. Uh, it wasn't three points against Mansfield, though. Walsall won and Mansfield won. Uh, what did you make of the game? Obviously, neither of us were there. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, really good. So, moving on. Um, no, it's, uh, yeah, Mansfield are a good side. Um, they've they've come on a lot under Clough. Uh, he's a good manager, good appointment. They've got good players. Uh, they, it's, it's a false position, really. They should be doing better than they... Well, that, that, that's the whole reason they made the managerial change, that they should have been doing a lot better than they, than they were with the squad they've got. But I mean, they're in uh, great form heading into the game as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think they won, what, five in a row? Has it, was yeah. it just before they came into this game? Obviously, it was... Uh, was rescheduled because of the the weather a couple weeks before. But, um, yeah, it was a... It was a game that in a weird way, had a draw written all over it. And that, and it's easy to say because, because Warsaw have... Uh, I actually predicted score draw. I I'm just saying. I, I know what I'm talking about. Um, it's it's easy to say with Warsaw because they've drawn so many games this season. But both teams coming in after not playing because of games being rescheduled, games being postponed, uh, a, a bit of a break in play. Conditions were dreadful. They had to bring the game forward by 15 minutes and then both managers and the officials agreed not to play any extra time because of the mm. um, because of the issues with the, the pitch and the conditions and the, the sort of freezing. Apparently um, it was just playing like concrete, wasn't it? Yeah, Max Melbourne said that after the game, he was like playing on concrete towards the end. He said he fell over and it felt like he was hitting concrete. Um, so it had a draw written all over it because all of those things were just going in, in in that direction and neither team had lost in a few games. It just felt like they would cancel each other out. Um, mm. The disappointing thing on Warsaw's end is that they, two of their loanees have combined for the goal. Tyreek Wright with another assist, a, a yeah. nice free kick. Uh, Melbourne with a lovely finish with his debut. And then the disappointing thing is that the, to give the goal away, the equaliser from a mistake, it's a, it's a pass going backwards from Alfie Bates that is short. Dan Scar steps in uh, doesn't get there in time, and and they you know, they just break and they're off. Um, so to to have it come from a mistake is disappointing because, in all honesty, Warsaw need wins on the board now, uh, yeah. and they need they they need them consistently. Um, and it doesn't get easier on Saturday, which we'll come on to. But um, it's, it's, although Mansfield are a good side, um. By all accounts, from what I've read, uh, speaking to fans and everything, speaking to Joe Massey as well, I mean, Mansfield were, were there for the taking, really, um, because of the conditions and everything that had gone, I suppose, in Walsall's favour in some senses. But um, they're, they're missing Elijah, simple as that. Um, yeah. they, 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 because of the conditions, they're having to play it long, playing it long to Gordon and Lavery. They're not going to hold the ball up as well as Adebayo. I mean, Gordon's good at it for his size, but in comparison to Adebayo, who's six foot four. Or six for five, whatever it is. Um, yeah, it's a it's a difficult situation. Um, they're going to have to find different solutions to the problems they've got now. Uh, and there are answers in there. Tyreek Wright, for example, as I just said, with the, the assist he got an assist against Port Vale, that had a bio second goal. Um, I think he looks a good player. 
Um, the problem is he picked up a groin injury at the end, <laughs> towards the end mm. of that game. Uh, don't know how bad that's going to be. So um, they they need a little bit of a stroke of luck, I think, Warsaw, which they had against Port Vale, um, and they perhaps need a little bit more of that uh, to get them over the line in a couple more games and perhaps get the confidence up a little bit. That's it, because you're at risk now, aren't you, of of kind of falling into that place where you. And I know I know they're only what is it seven points behind from them playoff spots, but seven points at this stage of the season, you know, as you as the games run out, it quickly becomes a bit of a gap which you can't really vault over, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, I'm just looking at them. They're actually only six, I think. Oh, six points. Six yeah, points. but I mean, the, the point still stands that it's it's. it's I've got to be fair to Daryl here. That he is bang on when he says this. And even though fans might get annoyed because he says this almost every week, um, he is bang on when he says that it is an exceptionally tight league. I mean, mm. you can just look at just look at the points and that's that's obvious. I mean, Newport were top of the league for a while, had a bit of a dip, and then now fifth. Um it, it, it can go either way, uh, particularly with a lot of teams having games in hand and things like that. Um but Warsaw sits sixth, sorry, six to eleventh with six points off top seven. Mm. All it takes is a couple wins, two, three wins in a row, and they could find themselves eighth and ninth, even into the top seven. Yeah. Um, the issue Warsaw are going to have is keeping themselves there. Uh, they they've been there, they've been there in the past this season. They've been sort of in and around uh, the, the top seven, albeit briefly, and. The consistency is the biggest issue. They 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 haven't got the consistent run. Um, look at uh, coming on to it a little bit early, but just look at Channel for example, who they've got on Saturday. They haven't lost in seven games. They've drawn five of them, which is a lot of draws, but they're consistent consistently not losing. They lost six out of twenty six games this season. Mm. Consistently not losing games uh, is it, going to be key. And ironically, Warsaw Warsaw only lost six, but they've drawn too many as well. So it's those two. Components together, the consistency and the draws. We also, just don't win enough games. Uh, simple as that. At the moment, first half of the season. Now, it was there were similar issues last season. Or actually, there was probably worse issues last season. To be honest, uh, in the first half, and in the second half, they came on. They and 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 they won sort of three out of five. Um, it, it, look at it in this way. You look at it. At banks of five, banks of seven games. You win three or four out of seven. You win three out of five. Get a couple of draws, lose one, kind of thing. That kind of consistency. They're not going to win every week, but if you look at it in banks and blocks of games, and they did that towards the back end of last season, and if they mm-hmm. could do that in the back end of this season, then they've got every chance of getting the top seven. Um, obviously, the problem is that losing the, the the two lads they have, or the three, including Danny Guthrie. Um, whether they've got enough quality to do that, that's, 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 that's the question. It is, and, and you've kind of led us on to the perfect little segue, uh, Liam. It's almost like you've got my script in front of you. <laughs> um, yeah, let's talk about deadline day, because as you said, uh, it's business that's been done, and you get the feeling that for the club, it's probably the right moves to make in terms of the club as a whole. But for this season... Seems to have hurt them a little bit. Yeah, um, I, I can tell you, I wouldn't want to be the one making the decision myself. Um, no. It's not an easy one. Um, and if I'm honest, I think the vast majority of fans that I saw uh, online responded to it quite well. 
because I think the majority of them are well aware of the, the financial pressures that Warsaw and a lot of other clubs find themselves in. Um, Especially in League 2 and the likes of that. Yeah. Teams in the Premier League might look at it very differently where they see t- you know players being sold and and it's helped to build the sustainity of the sustainer club but in league 2 you've we've genuinely seen teams fall out of business oh yeah yeah i mean it's uh it's it, it's in the realms of possibility that those things could happen to, to clubs at this level easily um and there's a lot of clubs that spend a lot more money than Warsaw do as well um it's a a situation where they've got two decent fees in um, for players coming towards the end of contracts who were they going to stay after the season I mean if Warsaw had gone up perhaps it was never it's never guaranteed Warsaw are going to go up even if they kept them both um, and it was good opportunities for, for two lads who, who, who had earned it um, but they, essentially what it comes down to is they've got a way up between keeping two of their best players with, uh, and fighting for top seven and bringing in good money um, and understandably, they've taken they they've taken the money. Um, but it's interesting to look at the to look at the two replacements as well because there is there is promise in the two replacements as well. Um, and and if if I could put as positive a spin on it as I can as possible, if those two replacements come in and do well. It's almost as if you haven't really lost two players. I, I know it's difficult to say, but it, Max Melbourne's come in, got a goal, and his debut looked very good at left back. Derek Osayo is, is raw, needs time to bed in, but is by all accounts very highly rated at uh, at Oxford. Um, the problem is you're going to need players to step up, like with Elijah leaving, for example. Keenan Lavery didn't hadn't started since November, started last night. You're going to need him to come into his own now in the next few games. He's going to need time, of course, having not played for a while. But um, yeah. I personally think the squad is slightly underachieving with some of the quality they've got because I think if you look in depth, obviously it's different because they, they they can't afford to have a massive quality in-depth squad. But I think on the face of it, they've got a, a, a still a good starting eleven. Um, I think they've got some good players at this level. Josh Gordon, Rory Holden when he's back fit, Wes McDonald. They've got players who can hurt teams. Um, and I think, particularly when Rory Holden comes back, which at the moment uh, Daryl is hoping is going to be end of this month, uh, I think particularly when you get him back, I think this team has got enough to push for top seven, albeit it's going to be a lot harder now without those two players, unless, for example, Derek Osayor goes on on a, on a really good run and, and settles in really well. Um, so it's in some ways it hasn't changed in that Warsaw is still a, a club that have got potential right now. Um but it hasn't. It isn't quite clicking. Um, mm. I still think this. I th- still think it's possible. But I think a lot of fans would look at it and think, "Would you rather have a club or push for a promotion this season when there's no fans?" They'd, but they'd, they'd rather have a club, get the money in, have the club secure, get fans back, and have a right push for it when fans are back. Uh, and for it's for every club, not just Warsaw, but I think every club gets will get a lift when fans are back as well. Yeah, I think it's one of those as well where it'd be a different reaction if Warsaw were first or second and looking like yeah. genuine automatic promotion hopefuls. When you look at them, and I think the fan base will look, judge the position they're in and say, look, I mean, are we really 
A, going to make the playoffs, and B, if we do, are we really going to get through them? Is exactly, it worth yeah. is it worth gambling the club's future for for that? Slightly different if you're battling for automatic promotion, because then you could argue that well we can't get rid of them because the way we're going, we're going to get promoted, and the the financial you know benefits that come with that should help us out. Yeah, and the um, uh, all the communication I had was that they they did not want to sell. Uh, they they sort of fought up until the last moment they could to keep hold of the players. But eventually, money talks. The players obviously are going to want to go because they're—I mean, the largest jump straight to the championship. Which exactly, that's what I'm saying. Incredible. I mean, you're jumping from League Two to to 15th place in the championship. I mean, he's yeah. got, he's, he's up against teams, you know, like like Stoke, like Swansea, like Brentford, like Norwich, uh, Middlesbrough. There's Bournemouth, there's, Watford. The, yeah, he, that's exactly. a, I mean, no disrespect to Walsall, but that's a level he's going to consider himself able to play at, and. Potentially, if he makes another step from here, I mean, you never know where he could be playing. Exactly, exactly. Um, it's uh, it's it's a massive move for him, so you you can't begrudge him that as well. And and when uh, the club have held firm for the, the whole window up until the final day, and when the money is right, when it's right for, when it's right for the club to let them go, and the players obviously want to go because of the opportunity they get in. Uh, you can understand, you can understand it happening, but um, but yeah, I mean, so they were played, I mean, Max Malbourne looks a good player at left back. Um, the only worry is, uh, I suppose, injuries because George Nurse has gone back, Jules left. They only brought one in. Callum Cochran Mollet is fit, but isn't playing at the moment. He's on the bench, so he's sort of fighting for left back with Malbourne. Sadler can play there, but then at the moment, James Clark is injured, so Sadler's having to play centre half. So if he has to move over. They, they're going to struggle for numbers, so um, they're going to end up playing sort of Hayden White at centre half or something like that. So mm. it's a um, yeah, it's, it's in terms of sort of depth of the squad, it hasn't it hasn't helped not because they essentially they've lost two left backs and only brought one in. Yeah, um, one of them being uh, in in Jules, he was a centre back who was filling in at left back. In reality, he's not even a, a left back really. Um, and then Malbourg can play sort of left of a back three, but in in a four, he's not really a centre half. So it's uh, essentially if they get one or two injuries in the wrong positions, it could be a bit of a, a sticky situation. Um, but he looks a good player. Um, Malbourg, uh, by all accounts, uh, got some decent League One experience this season and last season with Lincoln. Um, seems sort of quick, agile. It's, looks like more of a natural left back than Jules did, even though Jules did very well. Um, so yeah, be interested and uh, and yeah, do uh, you've seen what Jules has been up to with MK Dons? He scored last night. Did he? Yeah, he uh, he started since he signed. He started their last two games and he started left wing back for them in a, in a five at the back. Um, uh, you know, what? I when I first saw him, I never pictured him playing there. No, no, he, he's not a wing back by any means. I mean, left back is is uh, is, is a change for him. Um, he's not a, a wing back, but um, to be fair. Uh, was it Russell Martin at MK Dons, isn't it? He said yeah. um, he said that he sees Jules being part of the back three, but at the moment, sort of the back three were performing quite well. So he, but he was so desperate to get him in that he's playing him left wing back. I mean, it says a lot of how much they they like him. Um, and speaks of his versatility as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, he, he I think he played wing back maybe once or twice for Warsaw, but it was a, a very rare thing. Um, but yeah, he he started the first game, came off I thought sixty odd minutes, started last night. Came off again. I'm not sure what time, but he he scored um, their second or third goal. It was in a four-one or three-one victory, whatever it was. 
Um, so yeah, it was uh, like a little rebound from a from a corner, uh, headed it in. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad he's doing well because he's a nice lad, Zach. Um, he got on very well with the people at Warsaw. Uh, I know Tom Heslop was good friends with him and everything. So um, so yeah, best of luck to him and uh, Elijah. They uh, Luton didn't have a midweek game, but the Saturday game he was a new sub. Um, they haven't had a, a game this week, so it'd be interesting to see how he gets on uh, when he when he does get a chance. Yeah, hopefully um, they both do well because you always want them to do well, don't you? Um, is there a little bit of frustration around the fact that, and I know it was it was done very last minute, so you've got to kind of caveat this point with that, that they've lost two players who were contracted and they've gained two loanees who aren't guaranteed to be there next season. Definitely, yeah. That, that, that's 100% um, a worry. But uh, I suppose I can caveat that with saying that the type of players available on a permanent probably not going to be the type of players that quality-wise they're going to want. Yeah. Loans they're getting, um, they, they get, they're getting something out of it. Uh, and also, um, Lee Pommett's already said that they are loans with a view to, to making them permanent if they do well. Yeah. Um, and that's something Davos mentioned before that he he likes to target loan players that there's a possibility of making it permanent. Um, either they're towards the end of the contracts or they they're sort of a, a chat with the the parent club that there might be something in that in the summer. Um, so Roy Holden, for example, he came in on loan and then and then joined permanently. Um, so so that's a, a good aspect to it. But the negative aspect is that. That makes it five loans they brought in uh, in January. Yeah, they've lost what three permanent players, uh, and there's a lot. They've what they signed two up to new contracts, Kinsella and, and Bates. But there's a lot of players. Um, there's a, a lot of the squad that are out of contract. Uh, I don't have the exact figure, uh, but I do know it's it, it's like the vast majority of the squad is out of contract. Um, Daryl says several times that the, the negotiations are always ongoing, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but there very well could be a rebuild on the horizon in the summer coming up. Yeah. Um, again, which they're not really going to want to do because success is difficult to achieve when you're having to rebuild every year or every two years or every six months. Um, also, were fortunate in the summer that they didn't have to do that. They only had to make a, a handful of changes. Uh, they had a lot of players under contract and, and and sort of, for example, brought Rory Holden back. Um, but they're not, ideally, you're not going to want to do that. You're going to want to make the necessary changes that you think are for quality reasons, not necessarily wholesale changes because of contract issues. Mm. Um, so, so it's, Particularly uh, not in a summer where you, you don't know where you're going to be financially. Well, that as well. I mean, they don't know where they're going to be financially. They don't know... Right now, we don't know whether the fans are going to be back. We don't know. We don't know anything. Things are changing every week, aren't they, with the kind of our situation? So, um, yeah, it's a really, it, it's it, it's a potentially difficult situation in the summer um, if things don't change. But there's a lot of time for, for things to change. And for example, those some of those loanees like Frank Vincent, Max Mal, um, Malbourne, for example, if they make them permanents, um, then then there's obviously permanent players added to the squad isn't there and then loans can come in on top of that which I'm sure they will do so um, so it's uh, it sort of hangs in the balance a little bit I'd say great name by the way Frank Vincent 
I know it's it's uh, I I knew I recognised the name, and the reason I recognised it is because um, there's that American actor called Frank Vincent, <laughs> and I googled it. I was like, oh, that's why I recognise the name. I uh, I did a tweet the other day with a, a story from him, and uh, I think I tweeted out something like uh, he's he's got the name like uh, like a character from a from a buddy cop eighties show or something like that. And oh uh, yeah, definitely. It's, it's, you can imagine him like him as one half of a duo in a an eighties buddy cop. TV show or film. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I can see that. Um, so, let's talk... Let's Last one on the window. How would you rate it? Give me a grade. Oh, that's tough. Um, I think... Because you've got to kind of balance... For the club, it was good in terms of sustainability. But for performance on the pitch, it was probably... So, for the club, it was probably like a maybe a B. I was just about to say that. Yeah, I, I think. But I think it's only fair pitch, to do it in two. Yeah. On the pitch, it's like a like a D. Yeah, I, I think I'd agree with that. I think it's only fair to because there's such different there's such different reasons you can't put them into one. I mean, I suppose with B and D, we could say C, couldn't we? It's in the it's in the middle, but yeah. Um, I don't think you can. I don't think you can put them together and put them as one grade because they're such different. Scenarios for both for the for the club on the pitch losing two of your best players and replacing them with loan players at the end of the day is a bad window. Mm. Um, but in terms of giving the club much needed funds that's going to help them, um, it's a good window. So exactly what you said, I'd, I'd be happy to say B in that sense and D in the other sense because it's it's difficult to it's difficult to put them together. Um, and as I've already said this as well, but I think it is nice to see the majority of fans. The majority of fans appreciating that because it's um, it's it's not easy to to put to make those decisions and then wait for the backlash. Um, I think fair play, fair play to Palmer as well coming out. And... I was just about to say that. I I was just about to say that it helps a lot when he comes out and uh, and, and and says and says what he said as well. Because um, that's all fans want, don't they? They want a little bit of transparency. They want to say, look. Our hands are a little bit tied here. The players, like obviously, we're not going. We we don't want to try and deny someone a move up two divisions, and at the same time, the money's too good to turn down. Like that's all they need to hear. This is the reason. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, in in years gone by, they they wouldn't have heard anything. Would they? Would have been radio silence. So, I think that that only helps. Uh, it it helps particularly to to ease the. Um, ease the situation get fans back on on board a bit and um and sort of get behind uh and get behind the new loan signings who hopefully are going to do well that's it fingers crossed they do uh let's get on to questions shall we um liam let's do it talk to me first one from uh, none other than tom marlow everyone loves a bit of tommy <laughs> marlow question for you both in view of the referee blowing up without playing any stoppage time last night when has an event you attended ended in a way you weren't expecting. So it could be a concert, a film, a wedding, a family social, or even a night out. I'll tell you what, I've been to some <laughs> night outs which ended somewhat <laughs> unexpectedly. There's a few night outs I'm definitely not going to mention on the podcast. <laughs> uh, there was one night out I can mention. I think Go you were on. there. Was I? Yeah. Um, so this was a long time ago now, which is sad to think about. When um, Wolves reporter and West Brom reporter Matt Wilson and Tim Spears left, we had a night out, didn't we? Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. it ended very unexpectedly for you. 
because you just disappeared. I, I had to leave. He, he, we were at the pub, and you just, one minute you were there, one minute you were gone. Well, no, it's not called, not like that. I went around everyone and said I was leaving, said bye. I mean, clearly, I wasn't on your, on your very special. <laughs> ah, no, I'm sure I saw you. I'm sure. I uh, no, unfortunately, I had already planned um, to be going down to London that weekend to visit my girlfriend. So I stayed for a bit and then drove straight from the pub, having not drank, so everyone's aware. Drove straight to the pub, straight to London. <laughs> yeah. So. But anyway, that night out ended rather unexpectedly because a colleague of ours, uh, I won't name them just in case they don't, they don't want people to know about this. I mean, it's nothing, it's nothing bad. We were in Snobs in Birmingham, which is a notoriously sticky floor, if, if people remember Never going been. there. Um, so for those of you who've been to Snobs in Birmingham, you, you will know full well this floor I'm on about, which is makes it even more surprising that this person managed to slip over and end up like, Basically, they, they gashed their knee open and um, <laughs> needed medical assistance. And it pretty much ruined the night, to be honest. It's one of those where you see someone like put a gash in their leg and suddenly you sober up pretty quickly. Um, I but no, did not even know about this. No, no, no. I mean, you weren't there, mate. <laughs> can, is there any way you can tell me who it is but without saying the name? I'll tell you after. I'll tell you after. <laughs> okay. Um, I didn't even know that. In really? fact, no, it wasn't their knee. It was their chin. Oh, that's even funnier. Like, literally, they found their chin on the floor. and um, Oh, brilliant. I spoke to them at work on, like, the Monday, because it was a Friday where we did it. And um, they'd have to have, like, stitches done. Oh, <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, I'll tell you after, anyway. Um, nice. Other things that have ended unexpectedly. Um, any M. Night Shyamalan film? <laughs> oh. I don't, know. I don't know if that counts. Avengers. The first Avengers. No, not the first one. Avengers Endgame. Genuinely, never left a movie. <laughs> so perplexed. I'm glad it had a. I'm glad it had a profound effect on you. Honestly, yeah. have you ne- have you ever been like? I went to the cinema to watch that film. Did you watch it in the cinema? Yes. Genuinely, did, yeah. it was eerily quiet when I left that Sydney World Cinema. Spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't watched it, even though it's been out for absolutely yonks now. Half of them just die and turn into dust. <laughs> Like, major characters, and everyone was just sat there like, what on earth is going on here? Yeah, but no one no one ever really dies in those films, do they? Because it's, it's all time travel and stuff, like they all come back. Oh, spoiler alert for the... Oh, for no, the, I just... Game, <laughs> it's so cool. Yeah, I, th- um, I, I think that was obvious, though. Oh, but it just... I genuinely did not see it coming. I've got... I'm trying to... Yeah, I've got... A, when Tom said gigs in the question that sort of reminded me of one go on me and my girlfriend when i was in sixth form so this would have been this would have been 2014 maybe 2015 Mm -hmm. um i we me and my girlfriend went to a arctic monkeys gig in birmingham oh great band yeah it was brilliant it was yeah it was when um am came out Oh, okay. uh, it was it was the tour for that, so I think it was about twenty fourteen something like that, um, and it was I remember this specifically because it was uh, my mum's birthday, which also happens to be Halloween night, which also happens to be the thirty first of October. Uh, this is all news to me. Yeah, yes, I did we not were, know that. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, so we we queued outside. 
to get in before they open the doors. Then we went in. And then rather than it being like, so like, you know, they, they had like the people you pass your ticket to and they sort of like ripped half off and gave you the rest of it back and whatever. Yeah. And then it was like a walk down. I forget what, what venue it was in Birmingham, but it was a little walk down, uh, down like a little corridor before you get into where the, the stage is and everything. Yeah. Um, and everyone had started to go down that. Me and my girlfriend just in the middle of this, like everyone walking down it. And then everyone sort of stopped. And they weren't letting anyone past that bit. And everyone just sort of stood there. And then we were stood there for a while. And then we ended up sitting down. And everyone just sort of sat around waiting to be able to go into the actual sort of standing area. Mm. Um, and I remember sitting there. And for some reason, just turned to my girlfriend and going, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be weird if the reason we're being held is because they're going to cancel? And she was like, oh, don't say that. I was like, I, was like, I don't know. Just 15 minutes later over the tunnel, we're sorry to announce we're having to cancel tonight's gig. No. Uh, Alex Turner has tonsillitis. They like, found yeah. out 15 minutes before. Well no, well, no, it was about 15 minutes late after that, but it was probably, it was less than an hour before the gig was started, I think. Oh, you, you know whether or not you can sing an hour before the yeah. gig. It was. I think it was less than an hour. But it definitely wasn't any more than like an hour to an hour and a half, maybe two hours at the very, very latest. It was. It was like it was on the evening. On the everyone was there at the gig waiting for like to get into the room. Um. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to uh, libel anyone, but I'm sure tonsillitis. I'm sure that was definitely what the problem was. I'm sure there wasn't a heavy night the night before. That's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I I don't know why that just reminded me of that because it was a sort of unexpected thing. But then in some ways. Sort of not unexpected because I my psychic powers I, you know I foresaw what was going to happen. What did you do instead? Um, I think we just went home. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I okay. I can't remember to be honest. Um, and then I, I don't know why this sticks to my mum because it was on the night of my mum's birthday, so I didn't see my mum that night. And then it was rescheduled for the twentieth of November, so twenty days later, which is my sister's birthday. Oh right, okay. So for some reason, they just stuck with me because of those dates because it was, it was I don't know, yeah, just thought it was funny, but I can't. Oh yeah, there's plenty of um, there's plenty of nights out that I can mention in answer to Tom's question that I definitely won't be mentioning in public. Uh yeah, yeah. Um, uh, no decent question though, decent decent question. Um, next one comes from George Hunt ninety eight, which is a pretty strong question. Are we a club in decline, and could we end up like a Chesterfield or Notts County playing in the National League? That is heavy. That seems a bit heavy for me. I think that's a bit doom and gloom, isn't it? I mean, the, yes, Warsaw historically have been a, a third-tier slash League One team. Um, I mean, they're the, 11th, man. Exactly, I was about to say that. I mean, I know historically they've been sort of a League One third-tier team for a, a, a long sort of period of time. They had the spell... In two thousand six or seven in League Two and and, and won the league, um, but they yeah they're eleventh. Um, w- whether they to rebuild in the summer or not, whether it's Daryl's there or not, whether whether anyone's there or not, I think it's a bit strong to suggest that they're going to be any worse off now than or, or that worse off at least uh, now com- then compared to now rather. Um, Yes, they might not get out of the of the league next season, this season, or in the next five years. I, I don't know. Um, 
but there's nothing to suggest that they're going to go down necessarily. Mm. Um, I suppose, would you say, is the club in decline if they stay in League 2 for the next two or three seasons? I suppose if you compare it to the five seasons before that, then then it would be because it's League 1 to League 2, but not to the extent that it's been described there. I think it's a bit, um, a bit dim and gloom. I mean, is it possible that they get relegated? It's definitely possible. Most things are possible in football. It's not likely, though. Um, there was that spell last season when six losses in a row in the October. Um, Warsaw was, what, 23rd? Mm. And it looked like it was a relegation battle. Didn't turn out that way. So, uh, so yeah, I, um, yeah I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be that worried. Yeah, a bit too soon for me. Um, Danny Guthrie, hit or miss, says Nathan Bryant. <laughs> That's a really tough one. Uh, it's a good question as well. Because um, in terms of quality, I think everyone always knew he had the quality, and yeah, it's just his it's just his ability to stay fit. Yeah, with Danny, he on the ball, um, he, he, he obvious quality with the ball at his feet. Um, staying fit was a major issue, and he was struggling with that this season. But also, uh, his turn of pace. Um, off the ball, with and without the ball, was yeah. His, his legs seem to have gone for me. Mm. Uh, you needed a really mobile midfielder like Liam Kinsella next to him um, to have any hope of it working. Um, it's a shame. Um, I think uh, I think he definitely had had quality there, but he, he just needed him on the pitch. Um, and if you don't have the player on the pitch, and there's not much they can do, is there? So. Uh, it's a it's a difficult one. Um, I think essentially the, the him leaving was it was mute it was mutual. So Walter didn't didn't have to pay him anything for him to go. Um, yeah. And I, I know that he's finding a new club. I've sort of spoken to to people close to him that he's trying to find a new club. Uh, they're working on that, uh, and hence the reason he went then as well. Because if he'd gone after the transfer window, uh, he, he can't play he, for another club. He wouldn't. Yeah, he would have been able to sign for another club. So he. Uh, hence why he left when he did. Um, so yeah, good. I mean, good luck to him. I think uh, they they've got enough really. Warsaw in midfield. Um, Bates and Kinsella have been the starters this season. You've then got Stuart Sinclair behind him behind them. Uh, you've got Emmanuel Osadibi who can play centrally. You've got Rory Holden when he's fit can play centrally. Although he obviously is better going forward. Um, you've got Sam Perry coming through the academy. Uh, you've got Frank Vincent. Um, who I think is more he's more he's more of a creative sort of forward thinking midfielder, but he he can play in the two he came on there last night. Um, so yeah, they they they've got enough they've got enough bodies there, they, and they don't often play more than two central midfielders either. Warsaw. Um, yeah. So uh, so yeah, in terms of replacements, they didn't really need anyone. I suppose in some ways, Frank Vincent Woods that replacement when he came in a few weeks before. Um, so uh, so yeah. Seems a it seems a pretty uh, sort of amicable situation the way it ended. Uh, the sort of the people I've spoken to. So uh, yeah, best of luck to him. See how he gets on. But I would say, I'd say probably miss. Um, although it wasn't a, a financial gamble with Daryl sort of saying to me last week that, that this season was more of a pay as you play. Um, although financially it wasn't much of a gamble. Um, you can't really be a hit if you're struggling to get on the pitch. I think so. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think I'd have to go with that. 
Yeah, wish him wish him well. See if you can find another team. Uh, Vital Walsall, our contract talks going on with players. Who are the players you feel are must retain? Yes. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of players. Um, uh, well, there's a lot of negotiations with a lot of players. I don't I don't have sort of specifics at the moment, but um, in terms of as I've already said, in terms of the play, how many are going to be out of contract? It's the, it's the majority of the squad. Uh, is out of contract. So if I'm looking at uh, who is for me the must retain, it would be Josh Gordon. It would be Wes McDonald. Yeah. It would be Dan Scar. Yeah. Uh, I think those three sort of jump out to me. Um, we don't know what contract that Rory Holden signed in the summer, but I would be surprised if that was it, if that was only a year. So I suspect he's probably not out of contract, but that's just me speculating. So yeah, I think those three jump out for me. But yeah, the, the negotiations are ongoing. Um, they have been for a while. Uh, they they were doing it with they were talking with Elijah um, for a while before he left. Um, they they do need to pro- progress some of these talks though because. Don't want to lose. Uh, you don't want to lose many more of the players, the top players they've got. Um, mm. I, I find it a little bit surprising that Wes McDonald said the other week that he hadn't had any talks with a new contract. I, I asked him sort of straight up if he'd been in negotiations. He said no. Uh, Josh Gordon's obviously attracted interest previously. Um, so yeah, it's 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 a it's a must. It's a must do focus for. The latter stages of the season, I would say, to to get some of those those deals done. Gun to your head, how many of them do you think they keep? Of those three, yeah, I think they keep two. I think Wes and Dan. I think I think I can I can see Josh going. Yeah, that, that uh, wouldn't surprise me either. Only because of the the interest previously, um, and etc. But there's no, yeah, there's no guarantees. It could be all three, it could be none. It's, it's it's sort of speculation, really, isn't it? It's difficult to say. But yeah, gun to my head, I'd say that. Fair. Uh, Jimmy329 Patel, do you think we can still get the playoffs? As I think we don't have enough firepower to get us there now. The firepower is, I, I agree that the firepower is the biggest, is the biggest issue, I would say now. Yeah. Um, losing Elijah, losing 10 goals this season um, a player who I think would have gone on to get 15 or 20 this season in League 2 uh, a very good player Josh hasn't got as many goals as he would have liked to obviously he did have the sort of two months out of the injury and he's taken a bit of time to get back to his best with that as well but if he gets back into his best um, particularly when Rory Holden's back as well uh, he's got potential to I think he's on five at the moment Josh I think uh, he's got potential to get double figures quite easily I'd say if he gets into his best as I said, Rory Holden coming back in is going to be a massive boost. Wes McDonald needs to up his numbers a little bit, but he has been a much better the last couple of months than he was the previous couple of months. Yeah. Um, and then you've got, for example, as I said, Keenan Lavery's come in for his first start since November last night. He needs to hit the ground running now because it's it's been a very slow few months for him. Uh, and then they just need to hope that some of these lone lads come in. Jaden Reed, who, who wasn't in the squad last night, and Derek Osei, they need them to 
hit the ground running. Uh, it's much easier said than done, um, but that's what's going to give them the firepower they need. Um, and then also, if to be fair, a couple of the defenders popping up. I mean, Dan Scar's very good in the air. You want to see him popping up with a few more goals, things like that. So it's, um, I agree that's that's the biggest stumbling block now. Um, do I think they have enough to get it? Because of how tight the, the points are, and because they're only still at the moment only six points off, all it takes is a couple of wins, as I've said. I think I think the squad has the quality with the, the players of the, the likes of Hold and Gordon, McDonald. I think the squad has the quality to do it. I, I worry about the consistency and the odd mistake that seems to creep in. Um, I do worry about that because I do think that that is that all in some ways they're going to be their own their own downfall. They're going to hold themselves back in that sense. Um, it's difficult to say. I, I don't think it's quite as doom as gloom as some fans make out. I think there is potential there. Uh, but the consistency is the biggest thing for me. Yeah, definitely. Um, Nick Etheridge, will Jaden Reed get any game time or will he be another Aidan George? Yeah, it's, a t- it's, it's tough to say. Um, it, it'd be an interesting... It, it'd be something actually I'll last hour later this week, really, in terms of how he sees his role because he wasn't in the squad last night, of course. Yeah. Um, at the moment, they played Gordon and Lavery, had also you on the bench. Um, it, it Essentially, it comes down to this. They've got a handful of young lads sort of 19 years 20 years old that are going to come in and in and out of the squad is how I see it so last night they had right start and Nolan on the bench Nolan wasn't in the squad for the Port Vale game despite having two good starts the two games before that um, and then I can see I mean if Wright's injured if he's not available for Saturday you'd imagine Reed probably comes into the squad yeah. um, but you could, I can see them three rotating, basically. One of them missing out every week, unless there's an injury and all three of them get in. Um, I can see it working that way. Um, which means he will get game time. Um, will he get enough game time to make a big impact? It's tough to say. He's a young lad. He had time at Barrow. Didn't score in 12 appearances. Um, but he's an option. Uh, I don't think he's going to be... This, the same as Aiden George because I mean Aiden got on the bench a couple of times and never played. But in in reality, I, I'm not sure he was ready really. Mm. Um, whereas Jaden Reed has, has played at League Two level this season with Barrow, so um, I, I think I think it'll be different in comparison to George. Uh, but I I don't think he'll necessarily unless he comes in for a game and and, and scores and does well. I don't think he'll necessarily get a, a massive run in the team either. Uh, Neil Hemmingsley I feel that losing Adebayo we have lost the ability to play one up front I don't see any of our other strikers playing the role of holding the ball winning headers and bringing players into the game do you feel we need to change our formation or tactics and if so to what that is it's a it's a really good point because I I mentioned this talking about the game last night that bit of a focal point wasn't it yeah, Adebayo was a focal point. He, he brought a lot of the players into play. Um, he, for a, a big lad, before he, while he was sort of developing, before he actually was performing well for Warsaw, he, for such a big lad, he was not battling for the ball. He was like he was bouncing off people and losing the ball and not fighting. But he, he nowadays he's really sort of he, he found it. He found his fire, is the way he described it to us, and he and he was sort of fighting for every ball. Um, 
they've got players that do that, but not players that are necessarily the same size as him. Um, yeah. So they're not going to be able to hoof long balls up to Lavery and Gordon and expect it to expect it to work. Um, Gordon is very good at holding the ball up for his size, but he's not the same size as Adebayo. So they are going to have to change that. Um, the problem is you've got. Uh, do you play four two three one when Holden's back and and play him in behind and play one striker, or do you play four two three one play Gordon in behind like he has done recently, uh, but still only play one striker obviously, um, or do you go four four two put both of them up there? Uh, in some ways, really, is not that much of a difference if you're playing Gordon there in in behind anyway, because um, he pushes forward. So for me, it's. The tactic is once Holden's back and sort of ready to play, you have to play four two three one with the one striker and get him in that free role like he was at the beginning of the season and 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 playing the triangles either on either wing, that then makes the space for the striker to run into. Um, mm. That's what he was doing first half of the season or first yeah first half of the first half. You know what I mean? Um, so that that's what that's what I'd say. Four two three ones have been the preferred formation, but. Injuries have stopped them from playing it at times. Obviously, Josh was injured for a while, and then uh, Rory is now. So, um, so that was what I would do. But and there are time and times and places to do the long ball tactics on poor pitches, and if, even for a tactical reason. But it's difficult without Elijah there for it to work for me. Yeah, and um, last question comes from Ben. If the game had been played on its original date, do you think Mansfield would have had the advantage considering the form they were in? Um, I, I, not, I suppose they were still in great form anyway. Yeah, I mean, they, I mean, both teams had a break and they were still in the form that they were in, weren't they? I mean, I'd say no more of an advantage than they did last night. Not really much, any less, really, I'd say, to be honest. Um, perhaps a, a, a break has done... A break can go either way, for our, and that's for Warsaw and Mansfield. It can be a good or a bad thing. Um, yeah, can either rest your players or, or develop rust. Exactly, depending on how they develop in training, it's it's good or bad. Uh, so it's difficult to say really how it would have been had it been played on on that Saturday. But uh, yeah, no, perhaps the conditions would have been slightly better because it would have been sort of afternoon rather than evening. Perhaps I would have favoured Mansfield more to get the ball down and play, but. Uh, but no, not not really. I'd say. Fair. Um, right, Cheltenham next. Busy old schedule coming up, um, mainly because of the amount of postponements that they've had to deal with. It's it's a challenging start to what 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 could be a busy well what will be a busy run. Yeah, I'm just going to very quickly. <laughs> I should have done this uh, prepared beforehand, but let me very quickly pull it up in front of me. So I wrote this uh, and put it out the other day before it was announced today that the South End game had been rescheduled. Um, so the only free Tuesday between this week, obviously with last night's game, and uh, up until the week beginning March 22nd, the only free Tuesday is next Tuesday. Yeah. They've got they've got midweek games all the way up until the week beginning March twenty second and that that twenty third there's no there was no game, so assuming that the Southend game was going to be the 
it was going to be rearranged for next Tuesday because Southend also don't have a game then. It would have meant Warsaw had six weeks of back-to-back Saturday-Tuesday games. What it turns out is that that uh, Southend game has, it was announced today, has been rescheduled for March 23rd, that week where there wasn't a midweek game. Yeah. So there is no midweek game next week after after the Cheltenham game on Saturday. But then the Wolves have still got that bank of six weeks in a row because it's just the week after rather than the week before it starts, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So <laughs> they've got a they've got a ridiculous schedule. Um so between now and late March they've got back to back well, sorry, between next week and late March after the Cheltenham game, they've got back to back Saturday, Tuesday games. Um they're gonna play twelve games in six weeks. Uh, it's that is a crazy schedule. To be fair, that's that's yeah. a that's a really really tough schedule. And they've had similar things this season. When obviously, the season starting later and COVID and things like that. But postponements can happen in any season. It's nothing to do with COVID. Well, in this sense, it wasn't. They were both weather related. No other ones have been COVID related. But um, in, in with these two, they've both been weather related. Um, and there's there's nothing, there's nothing you could do. I mean, they've got to play the games at some point. I mean, personally, for me, I would I would. I've seen this suggestion on online. Um, I would consider uh, extending the EFL season by even just a couple of weeks. Yeah, just to, I mean, that's not really going to make much of a difference. I would say a couple of weeks just to give teams enough chance to play the games. Um, but for Warsaw now, these this this sort of period coming up, they're going to need to utilise the squad. So that comes back in a sense to the Jaden Reed conversation. Will he will he get game time? I, I, fully expect he will do because they're going to need to rest players at certain points they're going to have to look at each game and analyse when it's best tactically and also fitness wise to make certain changes and you know Dow likes to change his team anyway so he will do it um, I don't think in this period you'll see the same team three games in a row in, in, within one week I think that's very very unlikely even without the big schedule um, for Dow to do that he's done it once or twice I think since he's been here so um, yeah, it's a it's a difficult it's a difficult thing to manage. Um, but a lot of clubs are in a similar situation. I mean, Carlisle have played I think three or four games less than every other club in the league. Um, yeah. So that a lot of teams are going to have it, uh, and it doesn't get much easier, um, <laughs> particularly when they have got Cheltenham on Saturday, who are doing very very well. That's it. I mean, it's it's not an easy opposition, is it, to come up against? No, no easy games. I mean, it's a bit of a cliche. There aren't any, but that, I mean, it could it could have been a little bit easier than Cheltenham because they're in good form as well. It could have been a lot easier than Cheltenham. They, uh, yeah, as I said earlier, they've um, they are unbeaten in seven. There's five draws in that, so there's a bit of a a bit of hope on Walsall's part. Uh, only two wins, um, including a win last night. They beat. Uh, Harrogate 1-0 but one thing that they have which is something I've mentioned already several times in this podcast is consistency Yeah, they've lost six games which interestingly enough is obviously the same as Warsaw but they've um, they've, already, they've drawn 8 won 12 whereas Warsaw have won 8 drawn 12 it's those four game difference that makes Warsaw 11th and makes Chatham 3rd and that's and that's all that's all the difference is. It's just four extra wins and four less draws. That's all. It, that's all. That's the only difference there is between that there. And I mean, we all Chatham got playoffs last season, lost in the semi-finals to Northampton, who got who got eventually got promoted. But we know they're a good side. Um, 
Alfie May up top, Andy Williams up top, two good players. Um, they've got that um, Vasilev on loan from Villa. Yeah. Um, recently, uh, they, they've got a good squad. Um, and they arrive at Warsaw with Warsaw really needing to put to put right the wrongs of the away game because that away game earlier in the season they lost three nil mm. was up there with one of the worst performances under Daryl Clark arguably yeah it wasn't a good show uh, was it it was really really poor so th- there's an opportunity to put that right um, but it doesn't get easy they, they play a five at the back channel I believe and uh, so it'll be interesting to see how Warsaw set up because Daryl at times has matched clubs playing five at the back even though he abandoned five at the back himself a, a long time ago um, he has for, for example Barrow away this season he matched them uh, didn't quite work out so it'd be interesting to see how he goes. Um, and also you're, you're the home team as well. You don't want to be too sort of negative and defensive, but you have to try and shut out what they're going to offer because they're a very good side channel. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's a, there's a much easier game they could have got into, but the, it's, it's, not going to get, it's not going to get easier, essentially. I mean, Stevenage after that away, I know that... Yeah, ironically, yeah, 20, even they're, they're, at the moment, they're, not, they? they're not doing great, but Warsaw don't tend to do well against the teams down there. Then they've got Newport, who, who've been doing well. Bradford are a tough team. Exeter away is tough. Cambridge at home. They've got that. That in fact, that run of Newport, Bradford, Exeter, Cambridge is four exceptionally tough games. Yeah. So, so it doesn't get it doesn't get it doesn't get easy um, at all. Equally, uh, though, it could be seen as an opportunity because if you go and beat them teams and. Not only are you getting points for yourself, he's he's stopping people those higher up picking up points. Oh, it's, well, hundred percent. I mean, it's uh, it, it's definitely an opportunity, but there's only so many opportunities Bors going to get between now and the end of the season, and they need to take some of them. Um, if they lose against Cheltenham, it's is it going to be the end of a potential playoff push? No, um, but they can't afford they can't afford to let too many more games slip them by. Uh, and that's including draws as well because they've drawn too many. Mm. Um, if they can get a win here and build off it, it could be the start of a of a good run. Um, but it's easy, much easier said than done. As I said, I mean they've got, they've got some very good players, and, and and only a couple of weeks ago they pushed Man City all the way, didn't they, in the FA Cup? Yeah. Um, when one 0 up, uh, were unlucky in the end to to lose three one. So. Um, the, Duff's got them drilled very well there. They're a good side and it'll be a, it'll be a tough game. It will. And to finish us up, Liam, give me a prediction, please. Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, if I'm, uh, I want to be as positive as I can, but I've got to be honest um, and I'm happy to admit I'm wrong afterwards if I am. Uh, but I have to say a chance of win here. Um I think I think they're too strong uh, in good form. I'd say a tight one because Warsaw haven't been turned over too much. You'd say two one. I'll I'll hold out hope for a draw. <laughs> I'll hold out hope that I'm totally wrong. I'd love I'd love Warsaw to go and beat them, obviously, but it's uh, yeah, it's going to be a difficult one. I can see I can see them losing this and and potentially going on a, on a run following it with some of the games coming up, um, which would be obviously very good, uh, even with losing this one. So. But I hope I'm wrong, as I said. Fingers, well, fingers crossed that you are wrong, Liam. Um, but <laughs> you know, you know, I've never said that before. 
Oh, I say that on a daily basis. In fact, I'd say I'd probably say it on a bi-daily basis. Um, all right, that just about does this, mate. Unless you've got anything else to add to this week's podcast. No, it all sounds good to me. It's uh, It'd be good to go back to a game on Saturday after, what, I've not been to one since 23rd of Jan. You're preaching to the choir, mate. Mad. <laughs> all right, okay. Uh, from me, from Liam, uh, fingers crossed, Warsaw can pick up three points uh, in a big old game, but it's from a fond farewell from us. Thank you very much.